How y'all doing tonight, C12? That was good. That was good. Hope y'all are feeling good. Did y'all enjoy hanging out with Reed last week? My boy, Reed Moore. Yeah, you should, you should cheer for that. It was pretty legit. Uh, I enjoyed it. And, and Reed actually shared some stories that we're going to start off with tonight. He talked about how uh, me and him have been friends for close to a decade now. We went to college together. We love the fall. We love this time of the year experiencing football together. Uh, but bless his heart, he's a little bit confused when it comes to what team he cheers for. Um, he, he's, he's a confused man, but it's all right. How many of y'all just absolutely like him? I didn't get to do this, and I kind of want to play the game too. How many of y'all love college football? Good, good. Now, how many of y'all don't like UGA? Okay. There are three sets of doors. You can go find your... I'm just playing. You are more than welcome here. Now, me and Reed, we have experienced a lot of stories together, a lot of life together, a lot of seasons together. And one of the main themes we always experienced together in college, since you got to hear from him last week, was sports. It was kind of this driving theme through our college experience together. In the fall, we would experience football. And then we'd get to winter, and we would experience basketball. Well, okay, that's not really true. I would experience basketball. He wouldn't. But that's because I'm tall, and he has, like, T-Rex arms. So he didn't really have a chance to play basketball like I did. So I'd experience basketball. Then we get to baseball season in the spring, and we'd experience baseball. We had some friends in the team. And then summertime, we would play uh, beach volleyball together all summer long. Uh, he just he did a lot of setting. That's all it was. It's okay. See, I, I have this association that I do of sports with seasons. Maybe I'll do the same thing. So let's play a little game. Uh, I would love to hear some responses. When the, when the winter season rolls around, what sport do you associate with winter? Somebody. Basketball, right? What, what besides basketball? Hockey. This is Georgia, okay? So not hockey. Let's, um, let's try again. Okay. Who, anyone else? What'd you say? Boss lady? I don't know who boss lady is, but that ain't a sport, homeboy. All right. Uh, oh, Bob's bobsledding? Is that what you said? And that's what she... You picked up on bobsledding? Thank you. Yeah. Y'all can be friends. All right. So how about this? Let's move on to the spring. What spring sports do we associate with spring? What, what's, who, all right, baseball? That's what I do. Who hasn't won besides baseball? Lacrosse? Did you say tennis? I don't count tennis. My wife can beat me in tennis. I don't play it anymore. What else? Soccer? I dribble with my hands. Sorry, I don't know how to do that. It's okay. I play real football. Um, now, uh, summer. What do we associate summer with? Hey, listen, I watch soccer all day as long as USA is playing. Uh, what do we associate with sports with summer? Wind. Have you ever gone windsurfing? You went from bobsledding to windsurfing. You don't know what sports are. It's summer sports. Baseball, yeah, it kind of carry, carries over the boys of summer. Track, is that what you said? Swimming, golf. That's right, I see you. Vo- volleyball, well done. You speak my language, I like that. And now let's talk about the main one. What, is, uh, what sport do we associate with the fall? Not golf. It is cold. And, and we live in Seattle right now, apparently. You can't play golf. Football. We all, how many, listen, how many of you are not a football fan at all? Okay, don't cheer for that. We're going to pray for them. Leave your hand up. We're going to pray for y'all, okay? You got problems. 
No, I love, I love football. I love everything Atlanta sports, and I love UGA, and I'm a huge football fan. And it makes, it's part of the reason of why I think that fall is the greatest season. I love this season we're in right now. Fall, autumn, it is my absolute favorite. I love it when the weather starts to change. I love it whenever the, the, just the smell in the air in the fall is the first time of the year you start to light fires in a fireplace. There's just a, there's a nostalgia to fall that I love. All the food of fall, right? Autumn foods, you can start eating those and Thanksgiving comes real soon. I'm a huge fan of fall, but actually, you know the number one reason why I love fall? Not PSLs, no. <laughs> Bobsledding, windsurfing, PSLs. I'm about, that's three strikes, bro. All right. Let me tell you the reason why I love the fall the most. All the colors in the trees. I am from the mountains. Don't you give me that sigh of relief, whatever. It is, it is my reason why I enjoy it the most. So much so that last year at this time, I actually tweeted about it. So I'm going to show you. This is my tweet from a year ago. The trees are finally on fire, and so is my heart. English major, right? Okay, now if you don't notice, there's a comment that somebody left. Can we? Hashtag basic white girl tweet. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa Norris. Where are you? We are no longer friends. Thank you. So, listen, I love it. It's just, it's the best that there is. And, and listen, I have no shame that that's the reason why I love the fall. I love this season. And, and you know another reason why I love this season? It's because I know that it won't always last. I love it because it's here for just a little bit, especially this year. It's here for just a little bit, and we don't always get it, so we have to enjoy it while it's here. Because the seasons always change. See, it's not always fall. Eventually, it's going to change, and that happens with every season. We know this to be true. So let me draw for you what it actually looks like. I'm going to pull my best PK today, and I'm actually writing something down. So everywhere you are, if you need to see this, just, just stand up if you need. But we're going to draw out what the seasons look like. That's the best circle I could do. That's pretty, that's pretty good. You like that? That's right. Listen, the bar for me doing cool things is like here if you're clapping for me drawing a freaking circle, all right? So all the seasons you have, the first one we have spring over here, and then we have summer. If you can't see anything but my butt, you're welcome. And then over here you have fall, and at the bottom we get winter. And so the seasons, right, these are the four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And what we know about the seasons is that they're cyclical. They move. They're not linear. It's not a one thing. They always come back around to each other. So as the seasons move, you have spring, summer, fall, and winter, and you're never going to stay in one of them. They always move, right? What I want to talk to you about tonight is the truth that this is the exact same, not only in terms of weather, but this is the exact same in your faith. Because there are seasons that you will experience in your faith. And I would say that rather than weather, you could say that this is your soul. And you will all experience seasons of the soul. You will go through them in every single facet, every single era, every single generational gap that you'll experience in your life. You're going to experience not just seasons of time, you're going to experience seasons of your soul. And we know that this is true because of, of, of a few things in the Bible but the, the truth of what you got to know is that it's not just that these exist, it's that each of these has a purpose. There's something going on in these, and there's a movement, there's a direction, there's a purpose, there's a lesson to be learned. And every single one of these is one that you can embrace. And so there are a few things I want to talk to you about each season. And there are three main things I want you to grasp 
about these seasons. And the first one is this, is that each season has a purpose. Every single season up here has a purpose. And this is, if I could put it in other words, it means this. There's no wrong season. So whatever season of life you're in, whatever season of your soul you're in, there is no wrong season. Every season has a purpose. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And so because every season has a purpose, there is no wrong season. We start to see that in spring, this is the season where in your soul things are fresh. Things are new. This is when salvation comes. This is when Jesus arises new things inside of you. He breathes life into you in spring. In summer, we see that this is the, this is the, uh, the time for radiance, for life. You experience faith to the full brilliance of what it might be in summer. And then whenever you go into fall, we see that this is a time where things start to, to, to turn down a little bit, to slow down. The colors start to change. The relationships start to sour. The opportunities start to get a little bit less. It's not as easy as it was in summer. It starts to get a little bit colder. And then eventually you get down to winter. And in winter, things go to winter to die. And so in winter, we see there's absence. There's end. It's not easy. It's really difficult. And so tonight, all of you have come into his place in one of those four seasons. Every one of you is in either spring, summer, winter, or fall. And whichever one you are in is going to determine a lot of what you're going to hear tonight, how you're going to take it in, the circumstances of your life, and how you're going to view God. Because if you don't have a proper context of this, you could easily think that when you get to the colder seasons that God's against you. He's doing something wrong, or you've done something wrong, so you must be in the wrong season. But every season has a purpose, and there is no wrong season. The second thing I want you to know is that every season has a lesson. Every season has a lesson. And this means that in order to go to the next season, you need to experience something and learn something, because in order to, to have the best summer possible, you need to learn something from spring and carry it with you. This also means that because you will not just have one spring in your entire life, whatever you learned in spring when you were there, whenever it comes around again, now you can experience the fullness of it even greater because you've been there before. So you remember the lessons that you learn in the seasons. This means that when you're in winter, maybe you're in winter right now, maybe this is the last place that you want to be, but for whatever reason, you're here. And it's not easy to worship. It's not easy to sing, and everything around you is crumbling. Maybe there's sickness going on in your world. Maybe it's a family member that's dying. Maybe it's a relationship that's ending. Maybe school's not going well. See, the reality is, this is not the only difficult season of your life that you're going to face. This is not the only storm you're going to come against. So how you learn the lessons in the season you're in currently will affect how you experience it next time. Each season has purpose, but each season also has a lesson. And the third thing would be that each season has a movement. There's a movement to every single season. So in spring, the movement for spring would be up. God is growing things up. He's instilling new life inside of you. What was dead and cold in winter is now becoming fertile in spring. And then the, the, the movement of summer would be out, outward, upward, outward. This is where everything's easy. And when people look at you, they're like, there's something going on in your world. Like, I, there's something different about you, and I don't know what it is, but I want it. Because this is authentic. This is real. It's radiant to everybody around you. The movement of fall is downward. 
Get it? Because the leaves fall. That's why we call it fall instead of the pretty word autumn. But the movement falls downward. Things start to sour. Relationships start to end. Things don't, don't come as easily as they did before. And then the movement of winter is inward or it's stagnant because this is where things go to die. And in every season of your soul, what you have to learn is this, and these are my two prayers for you tonight, that you would understand, be able to grasp which season you're currently in, and then know what to do with it. You'd have an awareness of it, but then know what to do with it. Know how to embrace the season that you're in. And tonight we're going to begin, over the next two weeks we'll go after this, but tonight we're really going to begin by talking about Maybe you can see this if you're in the bottom. Sorry if you couldn't. Jen, just yell at me, bro. Just throw something at me if you can't see it. It's not a spectator sport. Come on. All right. Tonight, we're going to begin by talking about these two seasons, spring and summer, or as I like to call the warmer seasons. And tonight, as we talk about these, what I want you to start to do is think, is that where I am? Am I currently in my faith and in my life? Am I in spring? Am I in summer? Which one could I associate myself with the best? Because all of you are going to find yourself in one of these. And as we start with spring, here's what you need to know. Spring is signified by God creating something new in us. This is where new happens. But the key of that statement is, is that God does the work. God is the one that creates the new in you. He's the one that says, oh, everything's dead. Let me give it life. This is where salvation happens. This is where he says, You're, you have no life of your own, but I'm going to breathe life into you so now you can have the full hope and joy of life. And so he gives that to you as a gift, and he brings you into spring. But once you're in spring, now what you do is you start to live out simple obedience. See, there's a danger that every season has. So as we talk about every season, we're also going to talk about the danger in each season. The danger in spring is, I'm alive. This is, this is awesome. Thank God it's no longer winter. Because listen, here's what winter is. It's Christmas, which is like less than 45 days away. Just heads up. Y'all should, yeah, two of you get it. You should cheer for that, okay? So Christmas is less than 45 days away. That's, that's the beginning of, of, of winter. And then after that, there's just three months of cold and another 365 days till the next Christmas. Like, winter doesn't have a lot going for it, okay? And so you can get to spring and be so overwhelmingly thankful, which you should be, that you're in spring that you think, I've made it. This is it. I'm here. I've arrived. I'm alive. And as a result of that, you can do this. You can get lazy. You can think, oh, I'm, where's the nearest hammock? Like, I just got to, like, I need to lay out. The sun's out again. Do you see how pasty I am? Right, pale white boy. I need to go rest. I'm in spring. I'm alive. And that, is, and that is a dangerous place to be. When you are in spring, it's not a time to rest. It's a time to grow. It's a time to get to work. It's a time to, to dive into the Bible, to start to figure out what it is, this new life that God's given you. What does this hope actually mean? What is it he's trying to teach you? What are the things that you just got, what are the things you just got rid of in winter? that now you're freed up to start living with and being freed from in spring. And see, there's a danger in every season, and the danger in the season of spring is that you get lazy. And David reveals the truth of how it's God giving all of this to us. God is the one 
driving us into spring and providing that new in us. And he says in Psalm chapter 40, you can read up here. I'm going to read along. You can follow along. In Psalm chapter 40, starting in verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. And so God does all of this because of one main reason. And this is the one thing I want you to know through all of this. As we talk about spring, we're going to talk about summer in just a second. Next week as we talk about the colder seasons, the main thought that I want you to grasp about your seasons is this is that God's kindness moves us through the seasons. God's kindness moves us through the seasons. They'll put it up there so you can see it. It's God's kindness for us that moves us from spring into summer and then into fall and then stagnant in winter. It's because of God's kindness that he does this for us. So again, when we get colder, we can think, oh, well, God must not be for me. He must be against me because life sucks. But the truth is, it's God's kindness for us doing this. He wants to give you life. But this is the truth also of God's grace, of his heart for you. So in spring, he gives you life. And we say this many times. We've said this before. God loves you so much that he saves you exactly as he finds you. So if you don't have Jesus tonight, there's nothing you have to do to like change or, or get better or do better or go and fix this. God loves you exactly as he finds you, exactly as you are tonight. But he loves you too much to leave you as he found you. He doesn't want you to stay right where you are. And so when you are a new Christian, <laughs> when, you're a new, when you're newborn in your faith, you're like a newborn so I have a three-and-a-half-year-old, I have a 20-month-old, and I have a little bun in the oven 23 weeks long, or 23 weeks in, I don't even know how to say that. Uh, we're having another daughter, um, her, yeah, you, yes, it's, it's all my wife. Um, I, I did one good thing at the start, now I just rub her back. Um, so we are having uh, another daughter, and so there's going to be another infant. Uh, some of you are just picking up on what I said, good job, congratulations, you're... You're with me. Um, that's right. I'm batting a thousand, three for three. Um, but in, in, in spring, whenever you are a new Christian, it's the exact same as when you're a newborn. And I'm about to have a newborn in my house. Do you know what a newborn does? Anybody, anybody ever been around a newborn? Bless your heart. What, what do they do? They cry. Okay. That's, that is not all that they do. Let me tell you really what newborns do. Newborns do this. They sleep sometimes. They cry often, and they poop all the time, all over themselves. It's just what they do, right? It's a newborn. What else are they going to do? No, yeah, okay, listen, wake surfer over here, okay? Yes, they bring sunshine into your life. But, but what they do is, is that simple. They need to be taken care of. And oftentimes, whenever we get into our faith and we start this faith journey and we think, I got it all together now. God's given me life. You still don't really know what you're doing. You're like a newborn. And you're going to be upset and you're going to be hungry and you're going to cry and you're not going to know what to do and you're going to make mistakes and basically poop all over yourself. Spiritually. <laughs> That's my Jesus answer. 
Because see, listen, and just in the same way that I will want my daughter Gwen to grow up, God wants you to grow up. God loves you so much that he saves you exactly as he finds you. But he loves you too much to leave you as he found you. So it's because of his kindness for you that he moves us through the seasons. And so once we're done with spring, we now get to summer. And when you get to summer, what you start to see is that summer is signified by God creating something out of an overflow for us. It's no longer simply just something new in us. Now he starts to grow us up and he gives us this overflow. So in summer, it's easy to worship God. If you've ever come into this place and you're like, I can't get enough. Like, why, Savannah, why did you stop singing and let this bearded guy come up and talk? I'm ready to keep worshiping. It's when you just can't get enough of it. It's when it's easy to read the Bible. It's when you just naturally go into prayer and it just flows. It's when things start to go right and you realize sin starts to diminish. And it's easy to follow God. This is called summer. And you become radiant. You become lively. This is the fullness of the season of your faith. And this is the best season you're going to experience. The most enjoyable season is what I should say you're going to experience. But just like spring, there's a danger in summer. And the danger in summer is twofold. The first danger in summer is that you get judgmental. You could get extremely judgmental in summer. Because in summer, you can be experiencing this super high, like, I'm on the mountaintop. Why are y'all down there? Like, what, what did you do wrong where I'm up here? You got to start doing what I'm doing because you're not doing it right. I'm doing it right. And now what am I doing? I'm judging those people. But what we learned is there's no wrong season. Every season has a purpose. So the danger in summer is that you're on such a spiritual high, you start to think that everyone else around you must be doing something wrong. And you get extremely judgmental. But there's not just that one. There's a second thing that's extremely dangerous in summer is that you start to get selfish. And what I mean by that is you start to think that it's all about you. Like, man, my spiritual life is doing so well. God is blessing me so much. Like, have you seen what God's done for me lately? And all of a sudden we think that our faith is all about us. But we know that's not true because the greatest commandment that Jesus gives us is to love God and then what? Love others. And we know that the greatest way to grow up and mature in your faith is by loving someone else more than yourself. And so you can't fall into the danger of thinking it's all about you, of getting selfish in your faith, of getting selfish in summer. What you got to do is you got to let that little light shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Like I could, right? Now, when I sing that, when I say that, that absolutely comes from this, this thought of what we've experienced when we were kids. But actually, that's a commandment from Jesus. That's a, that's a word from Jesus to us saying, this is how you should live. Let it shine. And so in Matthew chapter 5, we see Jesus teaching and saying this on this exact point, starting in verse 14. They'll put it up on the screen so you can follow along says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, on a stand is where they put it. And it gives life to all in the house, light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And see, when you do this, you start to see that 
that you give glory to him, that you let your light shine, and now everything around you starts to get better. So all of a sudden, your relationships start to get stronger. You start to get more opportunities. It's easy to worship God. Your spiritual life starts to grow because you're in summer. And so you start to live out this, this one statement, this one scripture becomes a banner for your life. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, writing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so you don't get judgmental, you don't get selfish. What you start to realize is, when you are in summer, you have the opportunity to do something that you don't have an opportunity to do in any of these seasons. You get it right here. You get to become a contagious Christian. You get to be contagious. Because if you're selfish, you think it's all about you. But really what Jesus says is, I'm putting you in this season so you can go and shine this and share it to others. Because there are other people in different seasons that need the hope of knowing that I'm going to bring them to summer. And you are the picture of that. So now you start to make it about others. And you start letting your light shine. And then they see the light. And they know, even if they're in the deepest, darkest places of winter, I'm going to find this eventually. Because God's kindness moves us through the seasons, and it will not always be summer, but it will not always be winter. Yes, Game of Thrones, winter is coming, but it's not staying winter. Eventually it will move. Eventually it will turn. And when you're in summer, you get to show that to the world. And when you do that, you become contagious. And people see you and they say, I want that. I want in. So as a group, that's how we break the exclusivity that we're, that, we're, uh, that we're up against, that we're vulnerable to. This is how we grow personally. This is how we grow as a ministry. This is how we grow as a movement, as a generation, as we recognize and fully embrace the season we're in and then allow God to use us in the way he wants to in the season. And when you're in summer, you become contagious. And I would offer that if you do, you have incredible power that you may not even know. Because all it takes is one simple move, one simple act of obedience. Right? It all comes back to obedience. In spring, your obedience may look like baptism. Maybe you just got saved and you never followed through in obedience. Jesus' first words, right? You repent and be baptized. It's the first thing you do. So you trust him with your life. And now you're not going to trust him enough, even though you gave him your whole life, to do the first thing he tells you to do. So you follow in simple obedience and baptism. Public profession of what Jesus has done in you privately. But when you get to summer, obedience may look like actually sharing your faith or inviting someone to come join you. It is never easier to invite someone to church than during summer. Because it's easy. It's natural to worship God. And they see it authentically in you and they want it. And when that happens, it can look a little bit like this video I'm going to show you. Some of you have seen this before. Don't ruin it. Okay? Take a look.
many of y'all seen this dude out of his mind? It's crazy. Tell me that ain't ridiculous. Now, how many of you would have joined in? How many of you would have joined in? How many of you would have been the first person to join in? Okay, I believe about half of you. How many of you would have been the dude only in his underwear and an umbrella hat running in there? That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Now, listen, that is a perfect example of what summer looks like. You live like that and you just, you be you, right? Like you do you, boo-boo, right? You be you. And when you do that because you're in, you're in summer and you have the full radiance of God's blessing on you and you're experiencing this natural just desire for him, you're going to be contagious. You're going to be unstoppable. It's, that song's going to be in your head for the next week. You're welcome. <laughs> but that's what happens when you embrace summer, when you live it out and when you allow your light to shine and the kingdom impact that you can make is more than you'll ever know. I guarantee you that dude did not start that thinking, everybody on this hill is about to join my pasty butt, and we're going to be dancing to some song that like says the same line 18 times over for four minutes. But everybody here is going to be joining me, so I'm just going to get wild. Like, No, he never thought that. All he did was he just acted out of this joy that he had. And all you got to do is act out of the joy that you have in summer, and you have no idea what God would do with it. You have no idea what God would do when you're obedient, and when you start inviting and asking people to come and join you because of the life you're living. This is what summer looks like. So maybe tonight you came in here and you're like, you know what? I am definitely in summer. Good. All the rest of us are a little bit jealous and really thankful because you get to be our hope. You get to live out and show us what it looks like to find our hope in this world in Jesus because of the life that he offers. Some of you are in spring, and it's really fresh for you. It's really new, and you just have a ton of questions trying to figure this out. Good, you're in a, you're in a perfect place. But here's what you got to do. Don't rest. Don't get lazy. Ask the questions. And see, once you get to spring, and God's kindness moves you through the seasons, and then you get to summer, it doesn't stay summer forever. 
Eventually, the warmer seasons start to turn cold and fall will come. But what we're going to learn next week is that there is this spot right here in between summer and fall that might be the most important place in your entire faith journey. Something will happen here that you'll have a choice to make, and it might be the most important decision that you'll ever make in your faith journey. We're going to talk about that next week. But for tonight, what I want you to do is the same prayer I had at the beginning that I said. I want you to think about and be able to... uh, be able to be aware of what season are you in? Do you know? And if you are in the colder seasons, then what I want you to do is I want you to take hope. My prayer is that tonight you be able to take hope and know that this is coming. This is on its way. It's on the horizon. In Lamentations 3, we see Jeremiah pen this letter saying how much God has crushed him, but about 21 verses in, he turns it and says, But if there is grief, he will surely bring compassion. As surely as the dawn, he will not turn his back forever. The warmer seasons are on the horizon, so you don't have to feel like it's going to be forever. But if you are in the warmer seasons, then i got some questions for you. Are you being contagious? Are you living contagious, or are you just being selfish? And is there a sense of judgment resting inside of you? Or are you realizing... There's no wrong season. Every season has a purpose. And maybe your purpose in summer is to become contagious and invite someone in. So who are you sharing your light with? Who is it that you're saying, look, this is real. God is doing something incredible. And it's offered to you too. You want to get in on this. So who's the one person right now, if I asked you, think of a name of someone who you'd want here. But don't just think of the name. I want you to put their face to the name. Every one of you right now can think of one person. What are you doing to share that light? How, how difficult is it to go and say, hey, come hang out with me. Come join me. I'm hanging out here Thursday night. Let's go. They got fun water with fruit and cookies. And it's a blasty blast, and we have a lot of fun. You should come. I just did it. That's not hard. Do it through a text. Do it through an ask. But my question is, if you are in the warmer seasons, are you being contagious? And who are you sharing your light with? So I think that this is crucial for your faith in growing up. And we're going to continue it next week. But for tonight, what I want, you to, do is give an op- what I want to do is give you an opportunity to reflect and respond. Maybe to think about those questions I just asked. To figure out where you are in the seasons of the soul. And maybe you need to right-size your view of God's kindness. And realize that if you're in a colder season, it's not because God is against you. God is for you. God's kindness moves us through the seasons. And so the band's going to come on and we're going to get to sing. Because again, if you're in spring or summer, you should be singing. You should be thankful. You should be filled with gratitude. But maybe you come into this place and you're in a colder season. You're in fall or you're in winter. And it's just difficult. Then may this song and may this moment be an opportunity for you to find a glimmer of hope and realizing that it will not be winter forever. And if you need prayer, because some of you came in and you're just like, I just need, I just need help. I need someone to pray for me. Our leaders are going to be lined around the back, and we're here during these moments to pray for you. But don't allow the opportunity that God is resting upon you right now to realize where you are and to grow up. Don't let that slip by. Take advantage of it and approach him boldly with confidence of realizing his kindness, his love is what moves us through the seasons. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to get to respond and reflect. 
and be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you that you that you love us so much that you save us exactly as you find us. But, but God, I thank you even more that you never leave us in that state. That you are fully in the business of educating our faith, of growing us up, of taking us from, from spring into summer, into fall, and into winter. That you're not content with us being spiritual infants. You want us to grow into spiritual maturity. And Father, we do that whenever we realize that our, our, our life is best when we love you first and then love others. So Father, I pray for every person in a warm season, in spring or in summer, God, I pray that they would, that they would be filled with gratitude tonight. That they would sing until their lungs give out because of the life that you've given them, the warmth that you've given them, the blessing that you've provided for them. And Father, I pray for every person in this place that's just in a difficult season, they're in winter. Or maybe they're in fall and it is, winter is approaching fast. Father, I pray that you would give hope. Not necessarily that you'll take them directly out of it because there's something to be learned in those seasons. But God, I pray that you give hope. I pray that you would overwhelm them with your presence tonight. I pray that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have any opportunity to, to avoid you, to ignore you, to pass you up in the offer of love that you give. So, Father, in this place, in the name of Jesus, be glorified in our seasons. Be glorified in our life. Be glorified in our faith. Be glorified, God, in our stories. And I pray that every one of us would have the courage to approach you in these next few moments, to respond as you see fit. So, Holy Spirit, have your way and be glorified in this place. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.